We had a week off. How are you guys doing? You remember how to do this? Nope. Uh, Not my best work, I'll be honest. Yeah, no. I I started off okay, and then my summary got worse and worse. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely had to reread the chapter before I could write about it. Otherwise, it would have just been the whole thing was... uh... And I have no idea what happened after my chapter. Right? Well, you're going to find out. Jenny's a new reader tonight. Every night. Sorry. Chronicles book two, Dragon Haven chapters five through nine, and I'm Rachel, a rereader. I'm Alyssa, also a rereader. I'm Jenny, and I'm a new reader. I'm Eli, and I'm a new reader. I'm Ashley, and I'm a new reader. I'm Elena, also a new reader. <laughs> um, first up is corrections, omissions, and announcements. So yeah, it is episode sixty-nine. Mm. Um. Ooh. And appropriately, we're going to waste a lot of time at the beginning. So, uh, <laughs> listener uh, Samu is in is in our back catalog and sent us an email. So they probably won't hear this for a little bit, but this is relevant for everyone. We have been asked to push out updated descriptions with timestamps for things like chapters and different sections and content warnings and also the spoiler section. And um, we've also had requests for transcriptions of each episode and these are all things that require time and resources um and they will hopefully be done but they are not uh, immediately possible given my current schedule so they're kind of stretch goals uh, well and money because so. the the transcriptions are do are they're not cheap it gets a no. little costly and then they take a lot of time to correct and everything. And, you know, we, we do two-hour episodes, so that's it's a lot. So I agree that these things are very important. Uh, and we when we have them, we're going to announce that. But it's probably not going to be an immediate thing. So, yes, so if people don't want to listen to the spoiler section, then they should know that it's just going to be a few minutes less than what the episode is. Yeah, I mean, we always announce before we go into it. So I don't, I don't I think know. it was that one person who was like, I want to know how much I have to listen to right? that I know if it's like a longer, I don't know. Which is like legit, Um, but just subtract 10 minutes from the total and you're probably there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So next up we have mailbag. So Anton sent a nice email with a special shout out to the format of a new and old reader combo. So thank you for that. Uh, and thanks for continuing to listen to us despite our never-ending struggle with our sound levels, which are never going to get fixed because I'm not a sound engineer. So that's just, this is it. Um, <laughs> uh, you got also, a nice mic, though. You got you got a sound engineer mic. Yeah, so now you can hear uh, that I At don't least Rachel a... should sound good. <laughs> Or you'll hear all the you'll hear me and my neighbors because it's so sensitive. So it'll be like in the movie theater when they go all around you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what that's like. 
right? I, I can't wait to see a movie in a theater with those shitty fucking nachos, that liquidy cheese. Oh man, it's gonna be great. The first some first time somebody laughs in a theater, I'm gonna lose it and just leave. Though, how dare you ruin my <laughs> movie experience? Other people shouldn't exist. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> That's why I can't go to um, Alamo because I can't stand, I can't stand the servers the walking around all this. Sh- yeah. The oh yeah, munching. I do not go to movie theaters that serve food. We have one of those here, and everybody loves going. And I'm like, no, I don't need to hear people like drop their ketchup on the floor and crinkle their fucking napkins. <laughs> okay, I had an ex who always got Twizzlers. My ex would always get Twizzlers at the movie theater, and they came in that really crinkly plastic. And I would make him take all of the Twizzlers out of the plastic sleeve and hold them in a napkin so I didn't have to hear the, the plastic crinkle during the movie. Which is why I'm single. Amazing. <laughs> uh, next is an email from Jane, who wants to know our personality quiz results from the Who Are You in the Realm of the Elderlings quiz, which I believe was made by Fennel the Cat. So um, mm. I know I took it and got night eyes. I don't remember if you guys recall what you got. I got Amber this time. Ooh, so mysterious. <laughs> Alyssa and I both got the fool. That's right. Which is not what I got the I first got the time fool I took the it. The first time I took it in September. Wow, you've changed. <laughs> the first I've time changed. I took it, I got Paragon. Oh, the best answer. <laughs> The second time I took it, I got dutiful, and I'm not happy. Oh, doodles! <laughs> uh, Joey also got dutiful and declared the quiz uh, bullshit. So, <laughs> sorry, Fennel. I took it another time after I got the fool because I was trying to find the description for the fool, and I thought I answered all of my questions exactly the same, but obviously I didn't because the third time I took it, I got Eliana. Hmm. Oh, that that was a possibility. That's cool. Yeah. I I took it. Uh, I got Elise back when, and I got Amber this time. And I don't know what I answered differently, but I think I was feeling like less trapped and sorry for myself this time. So. <laughs> Growth. There you have it. Uh, I'm the best because I got night eyes. So seems Are you accurate the best? to me. Because I'm pretty fucking pleased with the fool. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Amber. Same. Which is the fool? Do uh, (laughs) do I want to be Paragon or be with Paragon? Or no? (laughs) (laughs) We also got an email from Kate, who just emailed to say that... um, I'll just read it. It says, just wanted to send some love your way. I just bought a house and I've been listening to the new Rain Wilds episodes while I paint and spackle and clean. And it has been a blast. All the jokes are on point and y'all are hilarious. And I'm enjoying the sil- silliness of all the early romance after the drama of Fool's Fate. Um, oh, and then Kate asks who we think people's zodiac signs are. I think we might have to table that for later because that could get oh, ugly. Yeah, or I'm gonna have to think about. It. I'm gonna need to chart that up. So I'm just. Hmm. Yeah, because we could like get really into it. Like we could do like all three of their. I don't even like the signs, or we could do like one sign each. So that's 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 a lot. I feel but like congratulations we need to on just your new house with everybody's uh, son, but. 
Uh, let's see. Oh, Christine wants to know who made the fantastic Mr. Fox reference in the last episode. Probably me, Elena. Um, it's one of the few movies I allow my kid to watch on repeat. Because uh, so. they just say cuss instead of actual cusses. Uh-huh. What the cuss? <laughs> but it's like what still snappy and on point and all like adult humor and Wes Anderson-y, so... That's a really good that was the, Yeah, I believe that was the exact reference uh, that pointed out. So, Christine, you have your answer. Uh, and finally, listener Jenny sent us a link for River Barge Vacations in France. So, we have an announcement. We're quitting the pod, and we're going to go live on a river barge in France. Bye. Happy episode 69. It looked really cute. <laughs> you guys, I went one. through and looked at everything for every fucking one of those barges. <laughs> I, so we, we realized that we now have a hotel scheme for, um, like, the Roatland, right? Like, clearly we have party barges that that's, what, that's the hotel. Is... So Roatland is on an island, and there's just, like, a moat mm, yeah, and yeah. river barges circle. Yeah, everybody, and then you just have... Little you can, hub, like you can travel to the different parks. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I'm here for it. Sounds amazing. Okay. Uh, that's all I've got for mail. Anything else that we want to go into before we we begin this book I've forgotten how to read? <laughs> <laughs> Would you be a six or a nine? <laughs> Neither. Ashley's chapter six. Yeah. Rachel's chapter nine. Well, well. (laughs) It's come full circle, much like 69. Horrible. All right. (laughs) Everyone's in timeout. Wow, this is the raunchiest you've ever been. It, yeah, I was gonna say Alyssa right? who says who she's acknowledging the scene. fact that people touch during. <laughs> if you imagine them, if you don't think of them as people, and instead just two wombats cuddling. <laughs> okay. After, I mean, look. After nobody going anywhere for, for about a year, yeah. it might we might all look like wombats. Who knows? <laughs> Nobody remembers how to shave anymore. <laughs> Rachel's the uncomfortable one today. How about that? <laughs> Wombats are the epitome of nature. It's nothing better. Maybe a horse. Or a boat. A horse. <laughs> it's not helping the argument. Hey, hey Jenny. Yeah? Chapter five. thank god which is not part of either of those numbers um chapter 5 is called white flood (laughs) 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 no oh i don't even think of these i'm leaving yeah we're the same (laughs) i can't go on with the rest you're the one who started it. I know, I did a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to have to start, like, she's going to have to edit out huge, massive chunks. <laughs> so, let's stop with the dirty <laughs> jokes and talk about murder. Or attempted murder. <laughs> which is how we start this chapter. Um, and I thoroughly support 
the attempted murder here. So Leftrin is trying his hardest to strangle Jess when all of a sudden the river has other ideas and a great wall of water sweeps Leftrin away from his almost victim. What a shame. For a moment, Leftrin gives up and says his last pitiful goodbyes to Elise, noting that at least he doesn't have to watch her go back to another man. But then he finds some debris to hold on to and sees a hopeful sight in the distance. Tarman! Leftrin has his rose and titanic moment when he gathers the strength to whistle for his rescue. And here Tarman comes, paddling for him with his thick, sturdy legs and webbed feet. <laughs> um, okay. Finally, well, it least... is revealed. Well, at least we finally know what secrets Leftrin has been hiding, and now I have to update my drawing again. <laughs> um... <laughs> Meanwhile, Centara is tossing Thymara onto her back in her own attempt at rescue. Thymara is not thrilled with the effort, but at least Elise is there to hold on to her. They are swept along the river, spotting a struggling Varus as they go. Eventually, Centara gathers enough breath to, sit, uh, to have her own rose moment and trumpets out a cry, answered by the trusty Mercor and the others. He tells her to swim for the bank, swim for the trees. It takes a lot of poetic flattery to encourage her, but eventually they reach the tr- they reach the others, and Sylvie is there to help. Uh, she's becoming a pro of getting the dragons situated with their floaty water wings. It takes a little bit of work, but eventually Centaur is able-, able to throw herself over a log, and Thymara and Elise join the other keeper survivors on the matted debris. Um, the two of them then... Uh, climb up onto some low branches with tats and take stock of who is there. Uh, Varys is missing as well as Alum and Warkin. All these people, I have no clue who they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're just names. It's um, so sad, though. <laughs> no one there has seen Tarman and Leftrin either, but at least we know they're fine. The Silver Dragon is missing as well as Relpta, the Copper, and sadly, Rapscal and Hebe are missing, and I hope that they're just off having their own adventure because would Hob be that cool, probably. Um, but Amara is feeling very guilty about it because she was so angry with him and she feels like she's killed him, um, all by being disappointed that he had sex with Jern. Um, Tats kind of takes offense to this because he also slept with Jern. Um... And but uh, Elise is being a little bit more hopeful. She's holding on to the idea that Leftrin will bring Tarman to come and save them all soon. So uh, Tats leaves them to go tell a weeping Jurd that Thymara and Elise saw Varys, and then Thymara sub- uh, stubbornly lets him go in her heart because she still can't believe all these people are having sex. And I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Thymara just tries to be antisocial, even though Elise wants her to go and chat with everyone else. And Thymar re- realizes they probably should stick to the buddy system. But Sylvie and Harrikin come up to their branch and save her from having to go anywhere. And Sylvie says that Murkor was talking of exploding mountains that potentially caused this intense, uh, this intense of a flood. And apparently no one in the Brain Wilds has ever heard of a volcano. Uh, so Miss Geography lessons aside, they're all stuck there with the cl- only the clothes on their back, and Elise reminds them that as traitors, they must go on, because what else can they do? What else can they do? Alright, so we've got Roteland Survivor. <laughs> it's an immersive experience, yeah. Jeff Probst will show up any minute now. They throw you in the water, you swim for a matted clump of trees. If you float, you're a witch. (laughs) (laughs) We feed you to Paragon. (laughs) 
No, do you want to talk about Tarman's webbed feet? His motherfucker's got legs. legs. He has legs. <laughs> I will send you the preliminary sturdy legs. They described it as sturdy. They gotta be thick. My thing is, so like they used wizard wood to yep make those parts. Are his feet his webbed feet like wood though? Yeah, they're well, they're they're wizard wood, so they can imagine like the rest of them. I guess. I sent the preliminary picture. Excellent. I love like, it. The figureheads all have like coloring and texturing and stuff. So I would assume that these are slimy frog legs. Or cute duck legs. They're cute duck legs. Or cute duck legs. I, I think they're slimy frog legs. <laughs> I think it would be really cute if it was like frog kicking through the water. It is. It's exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Just kicking Rather through. than like duck paddling. And he's eating macaroni. I mean, duck paddling makes more sense, but, like, if it was frog kicking, that'd be pretty cute. I don't think, I think it is, I think they're, like, muscly frog legs because of, like, his ability to, he's not just, like, propelling himself along the surface of the water. He That's why he can go into shallow places, right? He can, like, walk. keep himself. <laughs> yeah, he can walk. <laughs> he's just... <laughs> I once rode in a fancy kayak that you could pedal, and it had little duck feet uh. underneath it that would <laughs> kind of, like, help it along. Like one of those swan And boats? that's what I'm imagining. It just has, like, little little flippers out the back. But, I mean, it described big honking legs, so. I think it's more fun. It sounds like it can, like, walk along the floor. Tricky little Stand up and just walk right out of the water. Right? It's like an actual duck Four boat. Drive. Like one of those things where it's like land and water and it just goes wherever it wants. Well, what keeps Tarman from just walking up onto the surface, onto the land? There is no... he Talk about Lord of Air and... and... <laughs> <laughs> Metal Gear. Well, he doesn't have any wings yet. He's not gonna... He's not gonna throw Lefton under the bus, though. Like show off those yeah if he just walked up on shore they'd be like um yeah well i mean but that that would but that would mean like the traders have some kind of rule against boats with legs they don't no it would mean they have a rule against him stealing wizard wood to make his boat extra legs he can just be like they grew no (laughs) (laughs) oops they grew out of legs out of nothing Who's gonna stop them? Really? They just—they could walk all the way to Buckkeep. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, what is what? What could fight them? A dragon, maybe. That's it. Yeah, they could just stand along on the side. It's like a tank going by. You can't do anything about that. <laughs> could you imagine Tarman just clomping his way to Buckkeep? <laughs> I've got. I got words. um well what else happened oh right so confirmation that everyone has slept with jerd or at least in thymara's mind everyone three people it's not that bad come on i'm pretty sure it was more than three people but it's the two people she cares about yeah 
Well, because she's immature. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) 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 It's just a lot for her to process. This is all, it's just a lot to take in. She's what, like 14? 16. She's 16, but she was also told to never think about sex ever because she wasn't allowed to do it. And now it's just like all up in her business all the time. That's a lot. And at the same time in Hob fashion, when all of this dramatic emotional stuff is going down, we have survival shit happening as well. Rapscal and Hebe are missing. I hope that they flew. My my guess is that they flew. Yeah, that that was my guess too. Like, who right, show of hands, who thinks that they flew away because you know they'd been working on that. You can fly, yeah. Hebe. You can fly. <laughs> Hebe was like, "We're well, the fuck out of here." <laughs> I have a reason to fly. <laughs> who else? Anybody else on team flying? I can't say whether or not. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Was he be the one that had bigger wings, like disproportionately big wings? I don't remember. I just remember that they've been working. I don't remember on either. And that yeah, and that she was like anatomically one of the more like normal dragons. Like so, maybe she, I don't know if she had necessarily big wings, but she at least wasn't like you know weirdly disproportionate. Yeah, she wasn't like well, Nemo. She, could, like, she wasn't rocking her, like yeah. one tiny, one one big. Right. right. Exactly. She could, like, flap them and stuff. They just didn't do much. And everyone made fun of them. Um, anything else in this chapter? I can't. I mean, there wasn't a Not gap really. help me because I'm yeah. definitely on sleeping medication. So I don't actually know how much time is going by. <laughs> don't worry about it. Oh. 69 um, minutes. Okay. Uh, what else? Oh, and, and, uh, uh, Jess. Jess getting... He is partially strangled. Partially strangled. He's a turd. (laughs) He's only mostly dead, and that's slightly alive. I bet we see him again. Yeah. Slightly alive in the acid river. Right? I don't know how He's gonna be mighty hideous. He already had scales. Do you think like going in the acid river would like make give like prompt your body to produce more scales? No. You know, like the X gene. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Ashley, I see you're writing. Are you ready to do chapter six, or do you? I'm not to... writing. I was just right clicking all of my typos and correcting them. <laughs> <laughs> All of the underlines that the doc automatically pointed out to me. Eli, what are you doing in my section? You need to get out. <laughs> that was an accident. You're still in my section, though. Take yeah, because you're about to speak. Yeah, I know. You can you can put your cursor up top and then scroll with the no, bar No, he's going to mouth the words to himself as you read them. <laughs> All right. Chapter six is called Partners. I'm going to highlight them as you're reading them. I'll murder you. I will come to your home and murder you. And your cats will eat your dead body. Wow. All right. Shit. What? They Dragons eat their Dragons. keepers? Why wouldn't the cats eat theirs? Only Rella would. 
He's the one that gives the side eye. All right. Chapter six is called Partners. Cedric awakens from a quote-unquote nightmare of his sister splashing water on his precious face, and he wakes up to an actual nightmare of barely staying afloat in a river of flesh-eating acid. And I hope now he has learned a lesson in hyperbole and how, how not to be so damn dramatic. So he's gripped in Copper's mouth, and they're paddling down the middle of the river, and Ralpta is tired and not as smart as we'd hoped, so Cedric tries to convince her <laughs> to go to the tree line so that they don't, don't drown. And he realizes quickly he's going to need to shower her in praise. And so he tells the beauteous one, the lovely copper queen, with gleaming like a freshly minted coin. You have swirling eyes and scales. Please hear me. And she says, hear you? He says, ah, oh, yes, my clever pretty dragon. Could you kindly move your ass to the tree line so we don't <laughs> drown? <laughs> And just like Zelda and his ponies in Breath of the Wild, Copper emits warm pink clouds of hearts and sparkles, and their bond <laughs> grows ever stronger. Uh, but even as Copper is helping him to safety, he selfishly is thinking about how he's going to save himself, and less so about her. And she's so nice and dumb that she uses her pink sparkle cloud to make him feel better. And no, look, here's another relationship where one person is a total shitbag and the other is not. Uh, Copper even admits that she can tell his affection isn't real sometimes, but she'll take what she can get in this thing that they're calling life. Finally, Cedric decides that they both must survive. So back on Tarman, uh, Lefter and Davy and Carson and the whole crew are fine, and they're searching the river for signs of life and or floating bodies. And Carson asks Tarman um, if Tarman can dip into his magic a bit more while they're on the search, and Lefter is all, I don't know what you're talking about. You think this ship can grow wings and fly over the river? And I'm kind of like, yeah, I do, actually. Now that we know he has fucking duck feet. <laughs> Lefteran. You haven't seen phase three. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Full transformer mode. Uh, Lefteran is all, I have to find my darling Elise. But oh yeah, and you know, we got to look for those other people too, but mostly Elise. And Carson kicks things into high gear by offering to take his boat and a horn to scout more closely for their travel companions. And three slow toots means he's still alive, and three fast toots means he found something and or had beans for dinner. No sleep until they find Elise. <laughs> Back with Ralpta and Cedric, Cedric tries to be uh, less helpless, and it kind of works. He at least knows that uh, things can float, so that's a little helpful. Uh, Ralpta is exhausted and thrashing in the de debris, trying to float herself, and it doesn't work, and he briefly contemplates how great it would be for her to just die so he can have his mind to himself again and he can go home to Bingtown. Then he kind of snaps out of it, realizing that Elise is probably dead and he's pretty much screwed and there's not really going to be much for him in Bingtown anyways. So uh, He takes a stab at being useful by spending entirely too long trying to figure out how to move a log and Copper is all a fluster <laughs> and he just says the word beauteous to her a lot to calm her down. And then out of nowhere, wouldn't you know it, that asshole just pops up. And he's got a boat and a blanket and some fruit and a bad attitude. And he hasn't missed a beat after almost being killed by Leftrin, and he's just back with his wheelings and dealings. And Ralpta immediately knows that they should not be fucking with this guy, and she's just like, afraid? Careful? And Cedric's like, wait, is this guy bad? I'm like, no, he seems totally fine with what he wants. And Jess is all, you know what I want? And Cedric's like, I have literally nothing to give you. And Jess is like, oh, you have plenty. And Cedric's like, you want my body? <laughs> and Jess is like, dear God, man, no. The dragon. I want the fucking dragon. Jesus. So. 
Jess goes on to try to smear Lefton's name, saying that they were in cahoots and giving Cedric the wrong idea about our favorite barge man. And then Jess taunts Cedric with his own dragon scale, which Jess stole from him while he was sick and in a stupor. And you know what? Stealing someone else's stolen goods is just really crossing a line, and Cedric will have none of it. Jess details everything out, killing the dragon, getting the fuck out of the rain wilds, their future in Chalced. Meanwhile, Relpta is like, danger, Will Robinson! And also, <laughs> I can have human for dinner, please? Cedric has some serious internal debates on how to handle this whole situation, because of course he would. Um, that's just who he is. Survival of himself. Eventually, Jess decides they're on the same page and makes moves to kill Relpta, but Cedric is still debating. The dragon starts to get a little nervous, and she's like, danger? And he's like, yeah, babe, there's fucking danger. You got it right, dum-dum. Jess has a plan to tie a line around the exhausted dragon so they can pull her in and chop her up, and it's up to Cedric to help keep her calm and woo her into the noose, and he decides um, he has to let Jess kill the dragon because if he tried to stop him, Jess would just kill them both, and, I mean, that would just be a tragic waste. So he decides he'll watch her get butchered because that's the least he could do, and uh, he says a quick I'm sorry, and then we end the chapter with him saying, listen to me now, listen carefully. And that's the, the cliffhanger ending. And then on Burb Alert, there's a letter about some babies being birthed. And also, Eric flakes on his plans to visit Dutozi because his father is ill. Which, okay, whatever. Proof. I need proof. Show us your father's sick. Um, but he does <laughs> invite her to come down for some booty under the guise of visiting her nephew. So, still kind of scandalous. I realized I forgot my bird. Yeah, I just noticed that. I'm like, like, you didn't have a Burb Alert. Oh, Yeah. What was your I forgot that those were things that mattered that were there. Um, it was just about the the earthquake and checking to see if Eric was okay. So, oh, okay, this mm. is relevant enough to talk about. Anybody else when Jess showed up? Imagine like Nightcrawler climbing out of the tree upside down. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello there. Well, stupid Jess, he just, like, won't die. He's unkillable. He wouldn't well. die, and he somehow gets a boat full of fucking supplies. Stupid graft. I mean, he definitely lands on his feet, that's for sure. He's a he's a Rainwild's hunting cat. Well, he looks more like a snake, though, so he's really like Voldemort. Mm. <laughs> you know, he's... <laughs> Like he was described as having like he doesn't have a nose anymore he just has like slits yeah so. yeah he's like a snake man Sexy. slithering out of out of the woods and Relpta is his unicorn yep snake man yep Aww. oh look you did send a drawing of tar man with his little froggy feet I did we'll revise at a later date look at him go um so, how do you feel about Cedric's survival skills so far? They're lame. This is this is how low Cedric Dumb has luck. set the bar for himself. <laughs> I was impressed that he tried at all. Yeah, <laughs> truly. That he didn't just collapse on like a tree root and lay there. Yes, <laughs> that he was like, oh, well, let me he actually made it try to, and help. <laughs> debris at all. Mm. That he didn't die. That's like the first, like, very low bar for him. <laughs> he, he may not have had Jess anything to do a... with that, though. So, 
Chill. Still an accomplishment for him. <laughs> yeah. He stayed and rubbed his mouth and he uh, said some pretty words and directed her to trees. I will say this. There might be something to that whole, like, encourage your dragon thing. Because, Ashley, while you were reading all of those, like, oh, my beauteous one, oh, my copper queen, I was like, man, that feels kind of fucking good. Like, I want to start swimming harder now, too. (laughs) Yes, I am a copper queen. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I know. I find that stuff so obnoxious, especially when they, like, they acknowledge that, like, this is meaningless, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, that part's weird because it's like you know when you're when you work with animals, sometimes that like positive reinforcement is good because otherwise they're scary and they're not gonna you're not gonna get them to like do anything you want them to do if you're scaring them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get that like the positive reinforcement is, you know, they're just important. they're too self aware of it, which they is why know, it yeah, they know what's happening. So they just kind of come off as shallow. And I mean, you know what? If I had to choose going through life between people giving me empty compliments or like true criticisms, I think I might choose the empty compliments. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of <laughs> get it. But at the same time, it drives me absolutely That's why I like, can't stand the dragons most of the time. Look, their love language is, is words of affirmation, okay? Yeah. <laughs> My copper queen, you're not like a penny. You're like one of those pennies they stuck in one of those machines at the museum and you got something (laughs) cool out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) If they they weren't so self-aware about it and they like actually needed it to function, I think I would be more okay with it. But it's the fact that they know what they're doing. I better be at least, I better be like a dollar coin though. Like a fucking penny. You want to be a loony? Pennies well, it's only because of her color. What do you want from me? She wants Rachel <laughs> wants to be a loony or a toonie. He's really a toonie. Oh, a you want to be that two toned situation. Yeah, with the, with the two colors. That was, and that's how you knew that you were about to get yourself a lot of, uh, uh what it, uh, what was it called? Frozen yogurt, I guess. Mm. But we called it something else, right? No, it was mm. frozen yogurt. The best frozen yogurt yeah. on the history of the planet. Well, look, we can always we can always take a page out of Old West Norse, and you know we have a color for red, and then we have a color for all other warm colors that aren't red, um, and so like both gold and copper would fit under that sort of aegis, and so you could be either a penny, my copper queen, or like a gold, you know, like special edition, uh, collector's edition dollar, like either way. <laughs> You're a special edition coin. You're so shiny. <laughs> I had to order you. Wait. For twenty five dollars, you come in a plastic times your face value. Yeah. <laughs> My holographic Charizard, like, I, I love it. you. <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, so uh, we call her Relpta now. I think we have kind of transitioned into that. That that is. That's, yeah. That's it. Uh, what else happened? I guess that's it. I really love that even though Cedric looks busted as fuck and is like burnt up like he's been in a fire, pink skin, trudging through, you know, the acid river in a fucking dragon's mouth. And then he's like, you want my body? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't. If Carson were Nobody there. Nobody asked for that. But also, like, not the time. Like, survival, <laughs> floating. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, I thought it was kind of sweet that, like, Cedric is so naive that he really thought he was the only one there for dragon parts. And, like, so that was, like, he's like, what? My dick is the only other thing I have to offer this guy. <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> well, it's not the first time. <laughs> Well, he's exactly. already accused. He already accused Leftrin, right? So mm. that's true. Mm. He does think that everyone's on the take, except for the guy who's obviously on the take. The guy with the big sign on him on himself that says, "I'm a bad guy." Oh. <laughs> what a nice man that Jess. So affable, so well, personable. Always welcome here. To be fair, Cedric is kind of dumb for bad guys he's like oh he reminds oh. me of hest he must it's be because awesome he, I mean, he's privileged he's a privileged bad guy so that's <laughs> why he's not good at it yeah cedric is our himbo supreme for sure giving giving fitz a run for his money in terms of common sense <laughs> i mean fitz would have just straight up murdered jess instantly so <laughs> jess would have been like hi i'm here do you have supplies and fitz would have just stabbed him in the face that's a good point uh fitz comes off sometimes as less incompetent than i would say cedric does simply because he just luckily just he's like got this physical prowess and he's lucky and he just kind of just mistakes his way through everything and it's okay but like cedric couldn't cedric can't like fitz is also dumb but like fitz a knows how to survive in the wild and b does not trust anyone (laughs) <laughs> so like that would get him further than say Cedric who's just like this is fine I'm at the mercy of others <laughs> whereas Fitz would just be like I don't trust you I'm gonna kill you give me yep. a reason not to oh no you didn't alright dead <laughs> the moment you compliment Fitz that's it <laughs> Fitz is the anti-dragon <laughs> Stop telling me how pretty I am. <laughs> I thrive on insults. <laughs> uh, and of course, yeah, so Datozi uh, and Eric still have not met. Will True they meet? Legend. Will they overcome the distance and their family's inconvenient illnesses? And the natural disasters happening around them will love blossom in the rain wilds. (laughs) We'll never know. Uh, Chapter seven. Are we good to move on? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Hit us. All right. Chapter seven. Rescue. First, I'm just going to say I ain't even mad that I accidentally called a long chapter yet again uh, because this one has my favorite scene so far in this trilogy uh, or quadrilogy or whatever the fuck you call four books. Um, But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, First, we wake up with Thymara. Everyone survived the night. It was exactly as shitty and miserable as you would expect from a sticky summer night floating on a flooded bayou in a pirogue made of pine logs and poison ivy with your pet alligator only halfway out of the water and grumpy as fuck. Uh, she's an early riser and gets the fuck out of that uncomfortable bed to go foraging. Nortel, who's he again? Is he one of the cousins? Uh, creeps up on her while she's working and is like, hey, um, you're in my way? Yeah, that's intentional. Rapscal's been assumed dead for like 12 hours, so, uh, want a bone? 
us Rainwilders can't wait on life, you know. Um, no. I'll take that as a maybe, he calls after her. She literally runs up the next fucking tree to get away from him. She succeeds in finding some edibles and comes back to bre- to a breakfast of river acid sashimi and discussion of whether everyone is adult enough to ration their own food or if Papa Greff needs to take uh, to dole it out for them slowly, the way he's been doling out the ladies. And Thaymara's like, what? And he's like, not in front of Elise. Elise, meanwhile, is sitting there realizing she's a total outsider. She's been so wrapped up in her own experience, she has... No idea that the Keepers are actual people with problems and dramas, and she's so sure Leftrin will come to her rescue that she hasn't done much to save herself here. She resolves to stop being useless and gets the Keepers talking strategy on whether and how to continue on with their dragons and what can be done with the day to make the camp better. We, the audience, understand the grossness of Nortel trying to follow Thymara and Tats when they go off foraging and Greft making him stand down, even if Elise doesn't. Over in the river, and here we go, best scene ever, uh, Cedric is still in his passivity flashback, watching Jess try to coax Relpta close, close enough to die. He's sort of going along the train of, what's going, of, what, of what is going to happen, and is startled by the accidental truth that surfaces from his inner wisdom, if he even wants to go back to Hest. Wait, what? Cedric looks deep into Relpta's swirling oblivious eyes and realizes the price of her death would be too high hest wasn't worth it what but no time to process that because he needs relta to get the fuck and she doesn't understand words like murder and leave cedric just tell cedric fight me for her then and cedric does we get some choice flashbacks to times hest got handsy in bed including a totally non-con erotic asphyxiation that hest insisted cedric had liked cedric finds all the rage hest created uh, with his domination and turns it on to Jess, kind of pathetically ineffectual until he accidentally gets a hand on the hatchet and <laughs> like that and knocks it into Jess's head a few times. When Jess dives at him with a knife, Cedric just sort of matrix leans and Jess goes into the water right into Relpta's jaws. No, She crunches that chicken wing in two and then <laughs> Cedric has the nerve to push her second bite into the river and make her dive for it. Rude! There was still meat on them bones, son! delicious i was reading this entire scene like lucille like lucille bluth watching the documentary of the woman who got fed up and went murderous good for her (laughs) finally (laughs) we go back to thymara she had an uneventful afternoon foraging and making tats work to keep up with her back home there's a fire raft now and the dragons are well fed on sushi and the keepers got lucky with a dazed river pig during her shift watching the fire greft comes over and lays out what he calls quote the reality the math is bad and she has to pick a dick to ride or the rest of them will fight for her and she may or may not like who wins apparently everyone had just assumed she and rapscal were banging away under their sad little blue blankets and now he's gone so she better pick tats wouldn't make good babies but probably puts up with her shit so like he's it probably right don't worry i'll make elise pick someone too and Thymara is just like, no, you're fucking crazy. And if you morons want to fight over what isn't yours to win, that is not my problem. Centara approves. Now you're thinking like a queen. And I hope that also means that Centara is willing to eat anyone dumb enough to try raping one of her keepers. Uh, bird news. It's the list of casualties from the flood. And Tatozi tells Eric to go over the list with her nephew. And if possible... 
let him have a leave of absence to come home because he lost some cousins that he grew up with. I want to, so I want to, the, the worst line in this whole, in this whole chapter is when they say, when Gref says that like tats is too big and she wouldn't be able to have his babies. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just, what? <laughs> First of all, why are any of them thinking about children right now while they're like stuck in a fucking swamp, like not able to go anywhere and just on the river in the first place like it's just such a terrible idea like where did Gref Gref, has like, dreams of like creating his own but like wait until you get he's in there charge. he's a cult leader and they don't there. have instagram so <laughs> <laughs> none of them it's have true but it's like he can't think of anything else to like use to neg tats to be like he's not one of us he didn't grow up like us he's gotta be like his skin is too nice he's he's actually his eyes are too blue your puny your puny little girl hips are not wide enough to bear his gigantic children like it sounds like (laughs) what have you seen his muscles? Those are not going to come out. You know, you know what I mean? They're just your kids Does are going to be too buff. Does understand that babies are small? No, he doesn't. He's never seen a baby. He doesn't understand that babies are small. He thinks that you just birth a whole, a whole human adult that is a clone of the father somehow. I don't know. It's such a weird statement. Um, I also have a bone to pick with this introduction of like these these flashbacks to to Hest being abusive because i feel like you know we have a lot of reasons to dislike Hest and suddenly we're just given this information that was never never really even telegraphed before it's just like oh by the way i hate him cuz he used to abuse me i've had numerous times to think about that but this is the first time and i felt i felt it was a little jarring really I, I felt like it like what's been happening with Cedric is that he's been having um a slow awakening to the full scope of Hest's awfulness and like yeah. things that he had basically pushed aside and sh- and like pretended he didn't remember or didn't have in there are coming up and so with each sort of thing that he faces it allows something worse to come out. Yeah, I, I did I not that. think the progression was jarring. I thought that the timing was jarring and that he was thinking about this in a life or death situation. Yeah, maybe that's my issue is like it wasn't I don't know. It just I was I remember reading it and thinking this is just kind of a weird time to suddenly realize that yeah. This that you're going that you know it also, I feel like the resolution was, no, I don't like you anymore, and I'm moving on, and that part, that chapter is over, and it all happens in, like, three paragraphs, and I don't know. It felt a little... Rushed? Jammed, jammed into this particular <laughs> chapter. For... Well, you know... <laughs> Looking just ahead a little bit, obviously we had to have some resolution with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I also, I just felt like it would have been cooler if we had focused more on 
how shitty Jess is before he gets eaten. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or maybe like Cedric actually coming to a moral conclusion of his own that's not a reference to Hest either way. I mean, it's great that yeah, like not wanting true. Relpta to die because of his passiveness, like that's good. But like it should just yeah. be she didn't deserve to die, not Hest isn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was really cool how uh like really powerful these dragons are even the like the weakest most pathetic one she just like like... bit him in half oh okay Mm -hmm. like nothing she was hungry good for her good chicken wing she did great (laughs) Mm. but also like these you know they've definitely taken it for granted that they are reject dragons or baby dragons or you know malformed dragons or whatever that they're not really these dangerous creatures right it's like Mm -hmm. it's like the moment you the moment you decide that you know the bull is just a farm animal is the moment that the bull gores you or you know it Mm -hmm. he he's definitely forgotten what he's dealing with maybe he never knew yeah i think uh I think Jess forgot and Cedric didn't know because <laughs> he thought they right. He, he thought she mooed like a cow. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think he described her as mooing like a cow. Yeah. Like he's lived once, it, yeah. once in this chapter, yeah. like still at this point. <laughs> oh, <laughs> able maybe. to talk to her. <laughs> right. Well, he can understand now the inflection of, of the moon, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the particular <laughs> what the particular moon meant, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm, gl- I, I guess, I guess, if you look at this as this conflict with Jess was sort of like a psychological stand-in for a conflict with Hest, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, is this a preview of how it's going to go down? Like, you know, eventually, if you come face to face with this guy again. Are you going to stand up for yourself? Are you going to, you know, or are you going to allow him to negotiate his his way? Mm-hmm. Which seems to be what Hess has always done. So it is nice to see that Cedric is asserting his own personality, his own morality, and making his own decisions without looking to someone else to say, is this what you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Because he could have just resisted Jess because Relpta wanted him to, right? I think it was important that he made that decision on his own. Yeah. He's slowly learning. We want to talk about Saimara's declaration of uh, no interest in dating, despite I think it's great. Yeah, I feel like I think she has the right idea. Oh, yeah. Because they is... should not be worrying about this stuff while they're traveling down this fucking road. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, the other thing is, like, they have a dumb. chance to start a new society. How about you leave, like, the shitty ideas that, you know, women are property and that the only reason to exist is to, like, have someone that you're fucking. Like, I don't know. Maybe well, they can leave those Well, that's not even, behind. like, 
that's not even what they brought with them, right? Like that's just kind of Gref's weird attitude because if you look at <laughs> if you look at what's happening between Detozi and Eric or you look at what happened to Elise, like those are choices. You're not like sold. You're yeah. not just kind of like handed off to the first guy who wants you. Well, like, that, that's yeah, that's they, true. I mean, Elise yeah. sort of was, but she still got to make that decision and her dad still was like at the end like is this what you want? So this idea that she has no choice and she just needs to pick, otherwise the picking will be done for her. Yeah, that's that's Greft being weird. You're right. That's it's, not... That's... Yeah. Yeah. That's Greft just trying to have control. Yeah, oh, yeah. Trying to recreate the At least he's not trying trappy. to, like, harem them all and, and, like, claim them all for himself like a weird cult leader. That'd be even grosser. Well, it, it was... Well, he wanted Thymar. Oh, Yeah. But now he has to settle for Jared. He magnanimously, like, I'm not taking more than my share. (laughs) What an asshole. Throw him in the water. (laughs) He has too many scales, it wouldn't do anything. (laughs) Feed him to his dragon. (laughs) Callow. Hey. He said the same thing at the same time, James. Jinx. Ralpto will be like, so guess what tastes really good, people? <laughs> not the ones that, not yeah. You should, you should try one. She'll be like, one. I have the best keeper. He ones. fed me a person. <laughs> Awful. The worst. I, well, I mean, I've read these books, so I know what happens. But I, th- I hope for Thymara's sake that she is smart about the situations that happen because it's like what she's saying makes sense and you think that all these it's getting a little lord of the flies i guess is what i'm trying to say like Mm -hmm. it's like you know nortel was like okay so she so maybe and then walked away so it's like well i don't want you to be empowered to be a complete douchebag so Hope they get rescued soon. (laughs) I almost wrote Lord of the Flies several times in my summary, but I have never actually read that book, so I replaced it with Renfair. (laughs) (laughs) I realize those are not the same thing. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings Fair. I'm sure that that exists um yeah i know that it fucking sucks and that's the kind of especially when we're like in survival mode and we're like waiting for rescue or having to figure out how they're going to like continue on which after reading that short story about survival after being dumped in the rain wilds i think i'm less anxious about their survival than i would have been had i not read that short story because i know it's possible mm-hmm. they also know all the tricks and they've right. got the scales already, so like, okay, you live here, you're used to it. You're used like, to this gross swamp. I'm well, not, like I don't Thymara feel sorry least, for you. Thymara at least knows how to like forage for food and like can climb through the trees and all of that stuff. Yeah, and the dragons are by day getting better at killing. So, God, I wish that were me. Theme time. <laughs> 
You wish you were a dragon or you wish you were Thymara? I wish I was getting better at killing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, also, this, this chapter, even though it has the amazing scene where Jess is getting eaten, reminds me a lot of camping, which I don't like. <laughs> I, well, I don't... this would not be the adventure for you. Yeah, I don't. I just love sexual dampness. And... I just love Elise and a uh, Sylvie managing to like attempt to t- attempting to turn it into glamping instead. They're like, oh, let's build yeah. a little, you know, cover for the sleeping quarters in a in a fire island. It'll be great. <laughs> The fire island was great. I was like, that's what we need. That's like when you have like a little koozie, like a floaty thing for your drink in the pool. Yes. But for your fire. And then you have like tea lights floating on the water. It's great. Mm. It's a fucking paradise. Welcome to our our amazing campsite in the rain. In the I bet you, do you think that you could like burn the water a little? Do you think like whatever the acid is in the water is like mm. a fuel source? You could do like do cool... We? Do we offer these lodgings at Rotland? Like, <laughs> you can spend the night on some debris with a floating fire? Yes, it'll be the yes. equivalent of when Rachel and I were kids. We, yes. When we went to Disney as, like, eight or nine-year-olds, is like, after second grade, we camped in Fort Wilderness. And it was <gasps> me, Rachel, this my sister, our two moms, and my dad, who had recently, very recently, just tried to stop drinking this was not his like official when he stopped drinking so it was just like a trial situation and we camped and it fucking poured rain like torrential monsoon rain for two nights my dad ended up sleeping in our van because he was fucking over it it was this is this is why rachel doesn't like camping but i'm here to tell you that very expensive fancy theme parks have horrible camping options as your as your lodging at least ours will be authentic like there's a we will charge extra there's a fitz experience to be had and then some rain wilds camping like it'll be it'll be awesome some citronella candles so you don't get those mosquito bites (laughs) oh that was the worst i just remember dampness (laughs) <laughs> and the ducks that ate our pop tarts mm. <laughs> we didn't even get pop tarts like pop tarts were not our lifestyle but we got them for this trip because let's go crazy it's disney and then the ducks are like <laughs> Oh, there's tears running down my face because I'm traumatized but that is still a funny story um <laughs> But yeah, so the, our most expensive option will, of course, be staying in uh, Fitz's room, which involves <laughs> sleeping on an old rope rack kind of like mattress with like dirty rushes <laughs> on the ground and nothing, like a tiny window. That's that you our can most expensive through. option. There's yeah, a secret passage, that... though. There's a secret passage. I, want, in it, I would like the fool's it's... room, but when he was very wealthy and being Lord Golden. Lord Golden's chambers. <laughs> yes, because that's that's the option for if you have kids, because you put your kids in the serving man's room. <laughs> Here's your and, stone room. And Fitz's room is it like an escape room where, like, if you yes, figure out how to get up it. the the secret stairs, then you get to sleep in the more comfortable bed. Exactly. And if you can't figure that out, well, then you just have to sleep on the crappy. That's on you. you gotta come back, I guess. One door leads to the secret room. The other is the emergency. Emergency exit. Choose carefully. (laughs) (laughs) 
there's a draft the whole time. <laughs> it's perfect. Most people will opt for the river barges and the uh, floating fire campground. <laughs> is there this a, room a sounds non- like an escape room. That's what I said. Is there a non-water option that does not involve uh, Fitz's room? I think we should definitely have some of like the the places from the Mountain Kingdom where they, you know, the buildings look like flowers and they're brightly colored. And like it's an it's a communal space, so shared privacy, like a hostel. At least, at least it's there's ground and you don't have but you have to wake up really early and help cook breakfast for everyone okay buffets i don't eat buffets i'm not gonna be able to do that one (laughs) (laughs) and and it's just you know communal bathrooms like a dorm the dorm style but a treehouse perfect we've got it all planned um is that it or do we need to talk about how (laughs) i mean we tozy and eric Actual chapters. <laughs> How Datozi and Eric are getting closer and closer to maybe actually meeting. Let's get it on. Which one is the catfish? Which one's, Which one's the, catfish? the catfish? Oh, man. <laughs> I think it's... Well, it can't, can't be Datozi because then her nephew would have to be in on it. So Eric's the one that canceled. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, but Eric's also not the scaly one. How do we, how do we know? Because he, he lives in Bingtown. Jinx! Um, one can be catfished. You don't have to not scaly or be scaly. <laughs> Just smooth. <laughs> like a catfish. Like an actual catfish. <laughs> Catfish do get so the dangly tired. bits around their mouths. It's got the dangly bits, but they're still real smooth. Um. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. Are we good? Are we we want to talk about Rapscal's reputation, or no? Not really. No. Okay, well, let's move on. I'd like to pretend that conversation never happened. (laughs) Why are they? I mean, I get it's because they're all like teenagers and shit, but I'm like, gosh, like all they want to talk about is their sex lives instead of like how they're going to survive. There are more important things. Yeah, there should be some prioritization happening here. But well, also, how much was she ever alone with Rapscal other than like in their boat? Like you can't do it on the boat when you're trying to like paddle up river to keep up with the fucking dragons. And then at night, like, okay, yeah, I know I get it. He has like cuddled up on her all night, but like you'd hear it if they were moving. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't like how far are they from the campfire? Right. I mean, to be fair, I guess nobody but Greft and Jerd and Tats know what happens. So maybe, like, they thought it's just, like, magic and, you know, all you have to do is lay under a blanket together. Well, I think together. what it is is like, that, like, Greft, Greft is going off into the woods and so he thinks, oh, whenever whenever Thymara's off looking for food, that's what she's actually doing. Oh. Because she seems to be the only person <laughs> yeah, but who's actually... isn't going with her. She's hunting. Every she, night they sit around probably... the campfire after she goes to sleep and they talk about how discreet she is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, we have never caught them. We have been trying this entire time. We have never caught them. 
and Rob Skull's off hanging out with Hebe and yeah, and getting keeping her parasite yeah, no free and groomed. Like it's, it's like Khan. Who the, who had? How do they think they have time? Like come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would if Greft was like all in on that with me. I'd be like, look, I have genuine questions about what you as a leader would consider our priority topics right now. <laughs> like, how are we going to feed ourselves and our hungry dragons that will eat us? <laughs> <laughs> But sure, let's talk about that. Uh, okay, chapter eight. All right. Chapter eight, horns. Elise wakes to dragons trumpeting and then nearly rolls off the driftwood raft that she was sleeping on. Sure miss living on a yacht with my hot lizard BF, she thinks. <laughs> What's all this commotion? Turns out it's the dragon Varus and the hunter Carson. Elise is sad because it's not her hot lizard boyfriend. But no worries, says Carson. Leftern of yacht fame is just around the next bend. <laughs> well, says Elise, it was nice to know you all. I'm back to being rich. <laughs> Elise's enthusiasm is damped by the news that Cedric is not on board Tarman. But no one seems to care that Jess is missing. Womp womp. Wow, I can't believe they're all dead, Elise says, right in front of Carson, who has been spending the last couple of days searching for people. Feeling special after playing as king of the Renfair all weekend, Greft gives Carson all the important deets about their situation. Carson is just happy that most of the teens survived, and Greft throws a fit that he isn't given a medal for handling the situation so well. What's he to do? Well... Greft hastily dons his movie-accurate Rufio costume that he's been painstakingly putting together when not taking, uh, when not being in charge of everyone. He insists on on being on the first boat back to the Tarman and then begins telling Captain Leftrin what their next course of action should be. The whole scene goes down like a park ranger rescuing a lost camper and then being told how to drive the jeep back to the station. <laughs> I feel like, says Greft, Go feel whatever you like in the galley, lad, interjects Leftrin. <laughs> it's really embarrassing, and Greft ends up skulking back to go boss around some kids or over a meal of hardtack. <laughs> anyway, Elise and Leftrin are back together and back to flirting, but Cedric's disappearance stands in between them, and Elise agonizes over it. She goes to Cedric's cabin in an attempt to find some relief and finds the room in disarray. Totally unlike him. She takes some time to tidy up and finds a locket in Cedric's pillow. I forgot about that. The locket this. has something locket. miraculous. <laughs> it's an artfully drawn picture of Hest and an engraving of the word always. This could mean just one thing. Clearly, Hest had met Cedric to give this to her. Did he have feelings for her after all? Confusion royals within her. The worst. Back with Thymara's POV, we get a funeral scene for the dead keeper Walken. His dragon Balifer claims the body, and you know what dragons do with their dead. In the end, the dragons win out because most of the keepers side with them, and so Walken gets horked down ever so tenderly. <laughs> Moving on. After the cool funeral, we get an equally cool conversation between Thymara and Tats about having to choose a mate. And Rapskull is dead, so you know. You know. Anyway, this throwback to yesterday's Renfair has me exhausted. 
We do get back to that cute initial mood where Tats and Thymara are sweet on each other, but this line of thinking in the conversation does have me taking breaks to go hurl over the side of the rail railing. <laughs> Luckily, the scene is broken up by the little silver dragon returning with the keeper, Alan. For some reason, this intermission from their awkward combo makes Thymara's mind up, and she gives Tats a big ol' smooch on the lips. Are you choosing me, whispers Tats? Thymara leans in real close and whispers, just as quietly, no. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? It's bird mail. What's in the mail? It's a cryptogram. Oh, and Tozi wants Eric to visit. What's new? That's it. I would also I would like to say that I enjoy that you spelled Varus like Varus from Game of Yeah. Games. I was like <laughs> looking up the actual spelling. Like, it's V E R A S. Okay. I don't know, I just write it like I, I hear it. And and walkin' that is working. Working. Christopher working. Christopher working. <laughs> He's not working anymore. Well, now I'm going to go back and see if Warkin had any lines so I can, you know, say it. I don't that think voice. so. <laughs> I don't think so either. He was just he was just occasionally mentioned in a list. It's kind of like the dwarves in in uh, the just Hobbit. Just like Alum. Like, I don't think just... I've ever heard the words Alum before. Yeah, like they just need need some names to fill out the company of thirteen. <laughs> I watched a movie trailer over the weekend. I was looking to see if there's anything to rent. And there was this, I think it's like a romance movie that Christopher Walken is in. But all of the characters use Irish accents because it's based in Ireland. So it's Christopher Walken speaking the way that he does, but with an Irish accent. And my brain was like, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Amazing. That's all we got. Okay. That's it. We're done. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> um, This fucking locket, you guys. The, yeah okay oh god oh we talk about the locket. with the hair oh. and there's hair in it there's a drawing yeah she's like i was so mad when she found that and came to that conclusion right? i was like really i just want to <laughs> shake the shit out of her i'd be like what is wrong with you how can you be this willfully dumb and blind like this is robin hobb in like the rest of the books is this conclusion <laughs> yeah yeah, for sure. Fitz would find a locket and be like, wow, this must be for not me, even though it has my name on it. Weird. <laughs> Two Fitz from the full. <laughs> this must be another be with Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it to Molly. <laughs> Do you want this locket with the fool's hair in it? <laughs> it's, it's always. It's, it's, more, it's more that like... <laughs> Robin Hobb is writing, you know, the she looks at Fitz and the Fool and sees, well, they're just friends. And, you know, like, that is the locket. And then she finds it and she's <laughs> It's like, just funny to me that, like, the, 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 that immediately with, like, these teen characters who, with Aymara, who's not even interested in it, in, like, having sexual relationships with anyone, is, like, has got like three guys pursuing her that it's like all they talk about even though they're drowning in acid water and then elise <laughs> is just like hmm this has nothing to do with anything la, 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 la. <laughs> like, i mean is it, like 
are like are gay people just like that hidden in society in Bingtown society that like she's just doesn't even consider the possibility. I don't feel like Hest is very hidden. His whole <laughs> life is. Yeah, I mean, it's he... <laughs> pretty loud. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. It's it's just it's, she is very the naive. heteronormativity is just corrupting her brain, right? <laughs> if I guess, I mean, like if Cedric was a girl, that would not be what she thought. She would not be like not for Hest one gave, second. Yeah, Hest gave no. this locket to his assistant to give to me. Like <laughs> she just wouldn't. And he didn't do it for two whole months. <laughs> And he hid it in his pillow. He must have been waiting for me to fall in love with someone else. And like at that moment of, you know, maximum danger to my marriage vows, give it to me. Like, no. It's just that fail safe, you know. I'm only putting Safe. stuff that's not important at all and that can wait in my pillow from now on. <laughs> <laughs> all my Verizon bills. They're going straight into the pillow. Some text oh, my mix. <laughs> that's what you say. I kept this in my pillow. It was it was just not that important to me. <laughs> like, that's where I keep my stamps. <laughs> Uh, I like the Rufio joke. He is very Rufio. I think that is the archetype. But I don't feel bad for for Greft the way I kind of like feel bad for Rufio. Like Rufio is just trying to fill fill a hole, right? Greft is just trying to he's trying to fill a fill hole. A hole. He filled a hole. <laughs> no, Ew. <that's> like, no. <laughs> I can feel sorry for, for like, the Greft that, you know, grew up thinking, like, you know, that he wasn't worth it. Like, but what he's done with this power is just dumb. Yeah, it's yeah. so gross. And bad. So then he loses all of my sympathy. So if all of these characters were on The Circle. <laughs> oh, my God. There's a new, I almost, there's a new season of The Circle coming out in, like, a week. You saw that, yeah. <gasps> it's just a week? Oh, really? Yeah. It's like I April 14th, I want to say. It's um, the only show they can film right now. On, right? They're all... It's <laughs> amazing. I was like, I know these bitches are going to be so excited about that. Um, yeah, April 14th. Are we going to watch it together or what? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just thinking, like, Greft is the one that just does it all wrong. He's the one that's, like, too much bragging, too much bravado. Everybody's just like, ew, I don't like this person. They're not genuine like their pictures grow yeah his first like, pick is a nude yeah <laughs> or, like, or like or like a selfie but from like a really low angle you know it's just <laughs> straight up a dick pic <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i meant <laughs> that. i meant like one where they're trying to get a picture of their abs you know and they're like oh. yeah anyway not a dick pic. But yeah, fine, a dick pic. <laughs> Can you imagine if you went on the circle and your first picture that you showed with everyone was a dick pic? That's what I would do if I was on it. I'd find a dick pic so bad they'd have to believe it. <laughs> Carson is going to save them all. It's like having, it's like 
anytime you watch the Justice League and they're all just fucking around and then Batman shows up and you're like, oh, thank God, someone who knows what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to be okay. (laughs) I thought it was sweet and kind of hilarious how Leftrin was like forcing himself to, uh, to wait and not talk to Elise and not make sure she was on the first boat. He's like, uh, there's other people I have to pretend like I give a shit about them. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like characters dealing with like showing any kind of vulnerability, especially emotional vulnerability where they have to hide it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's basically Thymara's problem, I think. Well, the other problem, I don't need anyone, I'm tough and alone. The other problem with I feel Thymara like everyone is... in this book is very, they're like all various degrees of sixteen years old. Yeah, like Gre- even even like Leftrin and Elise, <laughs> Graft, they're all sixteen in my mind. Well, you know, in terms of experience, I think Elise probably is about sixteen and. I don't know, is Leftrin much better? He's been on the river for a while, but, like, if he's literally just been on his barge the whole time hanging out with Tarman, I mean. (laughs) Tarman's got some nice legs. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for Tarman to settle down. He's got them big, beautiful eyes. I wonder if his his hips are big enough for Tats's babies. Tats, I've decided the only the only mate that you can have is Tarman. <laughs> only Tarman's big enough for you. Only Tarman is big enough to carry your your young. <laughs> your massive shouldered babies. I don't understand. <laughs> your football player babies. They're gonna come out as fully formed football players. Uh what else? Chapter nine. You don't want to talk about how the dragons are eating their keepers now? Oh, that's a thing. I mean, they ate grandma. Well, at least, at least the at least the dragon had a relationship with uh with Warkin, and it wasn't like it wasn't just a snack. Like that was a ritual. He's like, I'm gonna go do this by myself. You guys don't get to like. Even the dragons are avoiding emotional vulnerability. Like, leave me alone while I say my final goodbye. Yeah, but they're also like, look, we're gonna eat them anyway because you're gonna put them in the water, and I'm gonna. Eat and them. they should. They should so be eating well. them to the dragons. Like, why not? Yeah. I like that everyone was like, this is weird, but I would totally allow my dragon to eat me. <laughs> I feel like it puts so a I totally guess, different yes. spin on it that they take your memories. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because yeah. it's like, oh, my best friend gets to like keep keep a part of me. Oh, that's kind of sweet. Okay. Well, yeah, especially if you have a decent relationship with your dragon and your dragon like misses you. Yeah. Unlike and they're not Centara. Yeah, unless they're yeah. Centara, and then 
Yeah, like they're not just looking. They're not looking at you as calories. You know, it, it really is like the. I, you know, I mean, I they kind of are. They also yeah. are looking at you as calories. It's <laughs> an added bonus. Win-win. Yeah. I also think it's better than like okay, uh, like they could probably swallow you whole or in a couple bites. Whereas, like you know, if a person, I, it still probably wouldn't be okay for people to eat people. Even if you got like yeah. memories out of it, because like you'd spend like an hour and a half snacking on it. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> I could get the an hour sweats. and a half. Is that how? Is that? Say. That seems really fast. An hour and a half. Whatever. I don't know. You have to turn it into jerky and like snack on it for a I don't know. I don't know. It's like it would take about it. Take forever. It would be. It would be so long. To it eat. would be so bad. It would be terrible. You know that speech from uh, from Snatch about the pigs. Never mind. <laughs> so, does you different parts of your body have different memories then, or do you only have to eat like the brain, or do you just get like? You know, I take a nibble off the thigh, and you get some memories from that. Well, they well, he was eating the whole thing. You have to eat the whole thing. But I think Eli's I don't, I don't like know. continuing the po- the deposit to posit what happens if people eat people to get memories. Well, you can't. Yeah, like you can't you really tell to... with the dragon because it's just like done. Yeah, yeah. And the but... dragon doesn't know because your your life is a gnat's life anyway, so. They wouldn't be able to identify if something is missing. I don't know if I would want somebody else's memories. That's true. Yeah. Other people suck. Well, that and like if you have the memories of their trauma <laughs> and that kind of stuff, that could be upsetting. Oh yeah, if you ate yeah. Fitz, you'd be like screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I mean that's kind of like what, Paragon's story, right? Where it's like oh, this is what happens when you. Be careful who you eat. That's the be moral of the story. You are also, what you eat. <laughs> also, be nice to your keeper. Don't traumatize them because then when they die and you eat them, you'll have to like... Centara. Mm. You'll have to face that, how poorly you treated them. You'll have to get their therapy. Yes. Eventually. <laughs> when dragons have sex, do they share memories? Ew. No. No, because I think the memory, I think if you get any extra memories that didn't come from, like, your line, which I guess is your mother line, you only get it from the spit. I don't think, I don't think that, like, people get memories from, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel like. You only get it from the spit. What if they swap some spit? <laughs> well, then, yeah. Then if or you, you smooch got, like... it. You smooch it, you get some, you get some memories. Or if you like exchange fingers, it's a little (laughs) dragon marriage. You just eat like just a little nubbin off of. (laughs) I don't ask ask Robin Hobb. I didn't come up with this. Okay, I'm just taking it to its logical conclusion. (laughs) Oh, shall I move on to chapter nine? Yes. Yeah. And I too forgot to do bird mail, so I'll have to wing it at the end. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Chapter nine is called Discoveries. 
So Ralphda has woken up from her nap and is hungry again. And Cedric is agog because she just graphically ate two halves of one hunter in a scene that Cedric will never unsee and which was recounted in great detail. Ralphda responds literally with a series of question marks and then tells Cedric to go hunt. But Cedric is feeling a little traumatized, so Ralphda makes him feel better by vibing and declares that Cedric will now change, which, mental note, thank God, Cedric doesn't really care what that means. And also, how come Ralphda makes sense now? Actually, nope, stop thinking about stuff. Ralphda is slipping off her log and is a very tired and hungry dragon, so get to it. Meanwhile, Elise is waking up on the Tarman and has declared herself a free woman. She's wearing pants. She's barefoot. She doesn't give a flying flip about anything except what she wants now. And she bought herself a Shania Twain album. <laughs> she, notes to herself, she notes to herself that Thymara and Jared are talking to each other, but Elise doesn't do girlfriends and goes to have tea with her man instead. And Elise does do best guy friends, and she's feeling sad that she quote-unquote dragged Cedric into the situation, and now he's dead, and Carson is out looking for his body. But Lefteren actually hopes Carson finds Cedric because they're the same kind of men, wink, wink. And Elise, <laughs> who only recently enrolled in her Gadar certificate and hasn't taken any classes yet, asks what he means by that. And then Lefteren just looks directly into the camera like on The Office. <laughs> well, if it's tea time, let's go check out what Tamara and Jerd are talking about. And it's teen sex. Daimara wants to know why Jared is a big hoe, and Jared is like, quote, your internalized misogyny is hurting you. I'm not a hoe. I just wanted to have sex, and I left rules that constrained me behind. I decided to be free. And then Thymara asks what she really wants to know. Did you make a move on Tats, or did he make a move on you? And Jared is like, wow, does that matter, you possessive baby? If you want him, you can have him. I don't want him. I have Greft. And then, because Jerd isn't immune to the insecurity that comes when a judgmental virgin calls you a whore to your face, next Thymara for being involved with Rapscall, who Jerd had dumped. And also, he is probably dead. So sorry. Mean girl smile. <laughs> Damn. So Thymara is done with this conversation and gets a nod from Tarman, who has obviously been listening in on the tea time and then goes off to think about how to be more mature or something. Then we go back to Cedric, who spends an inordinate amount of time and brain power getting Ralpta up and on some additional logs so that she doesn't drown. And then he tries to go to hunt in the dark like he knows what he's doing. But thank God he's interrupted by the arrival of rescue. It's Carson. He brought a big smile, some water, and the irresistible <laughs> urge to make sure Cedric and Ralpta are okay. He even goes and retrieves a rotten elk that he saw floating up river so that Ralpta will stop talking about how hungry she is. Carson, so sweet. It's a date. So finally, we go to Centara, who is miserable after being subjected to the indignity of surviving on acid flood. Some of the dragons want to leave before the humans are done looking for survivors, while, while some dragons, like Murkor, want to wait for their keepers because they're useful. They argue. Callow is able to summon some dragon venom, which changes the subject. And then Fenty is also able to produce some venom. And our wee dragon legs are growing up. Even the struggling silver dragon is doing much better and names himself Spit and threatens to eat Fenty, who is being very mean about Hebe and honestly, yeah, eat her. Sintara watches all of this like a bump on a dumb log while feeling sorry for herself and decides to go lay in the mud where she belongs. 
And then in bird mail, uh, turns out Hest has sent some mail to, uh, I guess, what is it, Kasserik? Kasserik. He sent some mail upriver, basically saying that there will be no more payments of the debts of his missing wife and missing secretary after the 30th of the prayer moon. And Eric puts in a little note that's like, whoa, this is some tea. <laughs> Someone's very unhappy. Drama. <laughs> has she has she really run off with his secretary? But why <laughs> decamp to the rain wilds? The gossip here is that both of them seemed well content with their lives. So all are astounded and scandalized at the prospect. I mean, P.S. We thought that, you know, Cedric was that kind of man. So... <laughs> I feel like that that's the big, like, question mark in Bingtown. Everyone's like, wait, what? Wait, Cedric ran off with Elise? With who? With Elise? <laughs> to the Rainwilds? Do they know it sucks there? <laughs> <laughs> if he wanted a woman, he could have just stayed in Bingtown. <laughs> like, why did he need to leave? <laughs> um... Obviously, Carson getting to actually rescue Cedric is pretty sweet. Yay! I thought it was so funny that, like, as soon as he starts to look for food, Carson shows up. <laughs> it's like, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> we don't have to watch Cedric decide to eat something poisonous or slimy. He's like, or, my dude, or I try to climb a tree and fall and die. <laughs> <laughs> He'd make it, like, didn't three inches far. off the ground, just like I would if I tried to climb a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well we don't have claws I just thought it, like the description of Carson was the funniest thing like literally he, like he's literally got like sparkling you know like with the yeah. the, sh the sun shimmering off of him and he's aglow and it's like could he be more of like a knight in shining armor it was just oh yeah he's on the boat he's coming mm -hmm. like around the bend with like the light of the setting mm -hmm. sun like shining on him and he's got like the red hair so he's aglow and he's grinning ear to ear because he's found cedric yeah like yeah it's like it made my heart flutter it's like oh my god <laughs> and then he gives him all the water and he's like i gotta go get water now and he's like why did you give me all the water he's like because you needed it Aww. And then he's like, let me go get this bloated dead carcass for this dinosaur to eat. Dinosaur. Dragon. So she'll, so she'll give us a, so, so we can have a minute alone, if you know what I mean. And Cedric's like, he's like, don't leave me. It was very reminiscent of Jurassic Park when she's like, don't leave us. He left us. He left us. He left us. But that's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> I I love Carson. He's the best. He seems like a stand-up guy. Mm -hmm. Certainly better than Cedric's last love interest. Oh, yeah. Certainly. He's going to be like, wow, there's a lot of blood over here. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd the blood in that boat come from? That's ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> you had ketchup? Yep. <laughs> no, that shitbag Cedric's going to get back to the boat and he's going to try to smear Leftron's name and Elise is going to be like, you shut your filthy mouth when you're talking about my lover! <laughs> but then Carson's going to be like, no, could it be? Could it be true? Then they're going to get a bird that says, hey, Hess isn't paying for this expedition anymore. So. Off you go. 
and Lefchen will be like, it's fine, I'll cover Elise. Yeah, I mean, like, how much money right. is she really but... spending on a fucking boat up a river to nowhere? Like, <laughs> it's not like she's buying, you know, yards of fabric every every stop and diamond earrings. Well, right. I think it's inconceivable to them that they went any farther than Kasserik. Like, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah, possibly. Except there is. Kelsingra. Kelsingra. <laughs> I also am proud that Jared stuck up for herself and she's like, I have sex when I want it with who her. I want to have it with, bitch. Yeah. As she should. And, and she's paying let... for that. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit of a drag that she got knocked up so early into her sex life. I feel badly for her about that, but. Should have had that wizard wood charm on her belly button. Yeah, man. Come on, tar man. Right? Cough some of that up. <laughs> Give us a webbed toe. Little toenail clipping. That's all we need. Ew, gross. He's got a bunch of wizard woods, wood as ballast. He's mm-hmm. got just spare wizard wood just laying around. What a hoarder. Dole out charms to all the girls. We don't Did need you... no ba- any babies right? on this river barge. They really Did you guys think about not. Tarman during the whole during the whole Ever Given saga? <laughs> if only Ever Given had had legs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Could just lifted himself up and walked just on out of Walked way. right away. Going I, I, I can't wait to see him walk out of the water. I, I want to see it. I want to see him mech warrior his way across the land. <laughs> but it's really, it's like all spindly and falling over like Howl's movie castle. Where he's <laughs> just kind of yeah. like, Whatever. I want him to, like is he going to make everybody on the boat sign up life contract in case they see it? Right. Lefteren's like, so I got a deal here. Yeah. <laughs> like we can, we can move further, but uh, homies for life. Well, I I like that Elise has taken her brush with disaster to heart and she's going to looks like she's going to grasp life by the horns. That's one way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, I'm sure she'll spend 12 more chapters thinking about the locket. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Carson to come back and like kiss Cedric in front of her and then maybe she'll understand. No. She'll be like, why are you doing that? (laughs) But Carson has to think about little Davy too. He can't just be like publicly smooching with Davy's crush. It's gonna it's gonna hurt his little soul. Oh. He has to find Davy a new crush. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think Carson gives a shit about Davey. <laughs> Just wanted to keep him away from Cedric. Right? That's my man. Because he wanted him for himself. <laughs> Nothing to do with Davey. Mm-hmm. Nothing. This isn't in chapter nine, but I feel the need to hit on it. So do we feel like... I'm a little nervous for Tats's feelings with Thamara because... She's saying no now, but like maybe I feel like she's gonna toy with him a little bit, and he's like totally invested, and she's just gonna be like dragging him along. 
Yeah, well, drama's not right. Well, she's telling him no, but but winking. She's yes. telling him no. Yeah, exactly. But then, like, she has her hand on his crotch, like what it was like. She's like pulling him in and making out with him, being like, no. She and doesn't want to be exclusive. The fact that he's made his intentions so very clear is why I have a problem with that. Like, I feel like it's totally fine to have, like, a fun whatever relationship. But, like, when he's said that he's all in and she's just going to toy around with him, I feel like that's not a good place. Graft hadn't made it so complicated. That what do you think about the fact that, um, why do you think about the fact that Thymara seems to be able to communicate with Tarman? I mean, that's not shocking to me at all. This girl is, has, she's got like a, you know, erogenous hump on her shoulder that won't heal. <laughs> she, she's, she's, she got the dragon blood in her mouth. Like she's fully warping, like a hundred percent she's in it. So, and she's going to be. I feel like from the beginning, she was a little bit more, um, I, it seemed like maybe stronger in the skill or whatever lets you communicate um just by the fact that the glamour didn't affect her as much mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i just love that she's like tarman talks to her and she's like yeah cool and then the crew is like ew why are you talking to the ship you can't do that <laughs> stop that this is our she's like, boat oh, sorry etiquette it's like well he talked to her leave her alone it's like when Paragon wanted to talk to um, Elise, and then Althea was like, you don't get to talk to him anymore. <laughs> and Cedric was like, well, he asked to talk to her. Seat's taken. Okay, well, then I will move us into our end of episode prompts. This be my crew character introductions and exits where we said goodbye to Jess. Yay. Good riddance. Cause Earl Hello had to, to die. S- dun, 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 goodbye, Earl. That's what I think of. That's right. <laughs> I sang a Dixie Chick song. <laughs> <laughs> and we said hello to Spit. I have such a serious issue powerful. with that. Like, why are they letting him do this? They all should have been like, <laughs> no, that can't be your name. <laughs> it's like when a kid goes to their parents when they're 11 years old and like I want to change my name and it's like no you're going to regret this this is not the name that you want spit is just not you know it's like bolt I don't think dragons are so good at naming themselves <laughs> yeah. no it's just a little too I mean also hebe what is hebe that's just the beginning of saying hebe jeebe well, that was Rap School that named her. <laughs> he has got more like, like personality to it, though. What is? Spit? I guess that's true. That's at least a unique thing. Instead of someone, your name is an insult. Like spit. I'll spit my acid on you. Spit. It's like naming yourself after the first thing you see, one day. <laughs> my name's Chew. I chew really well. I am what I do. <laughs> <laughs> 69. <laughs> or do. Shady Business. Shady Business Adventures. Who is being shady? 
Well, Jess tried to be shady and it didn't work out for him. Gruff is being shady. Gruff is trying to Gruff's create being his own pretty role. shady. Gruff is being very like the whole situation is grody. Trying to tell Leftrin what to do, all that stuff. I think it's so funny that like he was like, "I'm in charge. I love it. I'm in charge of this group of misfits." And then he's not in charge anymore. They're back to normal. And I think it's funny. he's like, "I'll fend off rapists, but only until like I get too tired, and then that's it's just your fault. Like you should have fixed it yourself, right?" It wasn't even like forty-eight hours, and he managed to kind of like turn it into Skull Island by the end. Like it was, he wasted no time, yeah, in causing problems. Um, what a tangle! What are the dragons doing, sitting in mud, remembering how to use their poison sacks, arguing? Trying to get their feet over logs. They're getting ready to make <laughs> moves, though. Stuff. They're kind of ready. They're like, hey, let's get this. this they're eating people. Train moving. Yeah, they're eating, eating people. people. Discovered that delicacy. Delicious. It just It's interesting that they, I think it's proof, the fact that they don't really get along anymore is kind of proof that they're all like growing into their dragonness because Tentaglia has said that dragons are solitary for the most part right and it's because they were so pathetic that they were kind of napping together and like becoming kind of a pack right because they had to but now they're now they might be able to fend for themselves and yeah yeah. and night eyes is just like you guys are doing it wrong you're supposed to be in a pack (laughs) but i don't like this development that they can now spit <laughs> and change their names at will. Yeah. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> Maybe the one that ate his keeper will be like, you know, I'm pretty sure they don't like it when we spit on them and melt their bones. Like, I feel like, so I have this gut feeling that they don't like it. I'm concerned if, like, while these dragons are having, like, a fucking acid cloud party together, like, do the humans know that this is going to be very problematic and to like not get in the way well yeah because Tintaglia used acid in Bingtown so they know what it does but do these specific people know what it does well Elise does at least Elise would yeah (laughs) she was there she said previously I think they know I wonder if their clouds have different effects depending on the dragon like, you know how some of the serpents, they could, like, oh, you could stun fish, or you could kill people, or you could, you know, have effects on other serpents, or whatever. You know, they're just different, psychedelics. Good different things. Yeah. Hebe can't kill anything, but she can make you really stoned. <laughs> <laughs> uh, boats, why are they great? Well, they have legs sometimes. Yes. Very useful. If your boat doesn't have legs, you're doing it wrong. I mean, really. So does that mean it's like an amphibious boat, or is that? Is I that sure hope so. I think it's like one of the That's duck what I boats. Hope it is. I th- yeah, I think it's you know it's in water and it does its thing, and then when you just find a good ramp to go up, it's like and it just keeps. Yeah, on but going. it's so used to water. Would he like just like collapse? <laughs> Like, he's got practice a little bit I'm are sure you kidding those up. gams he can go anywhere he wants i mean it's like when you do um water aerobics and you get like really strong because you get that extra resistance from the water 
He's really strong. Uh, it was described as sturdy legs. I'm expecting legs that sturdy. can support that whole boat. Them thick <laughs> legs. Dismantling the patriarchy, badassery, animal husbandry, and expired fashions from Jamalia. Well, they have significantly less clothes now. Yeah, they <laughs> definitely have expired fashions. They're all disintegrating. It's like except blue that, up in there. Except for that robe. Yeah, Elise yeah, just has been like tits out wearing this clingy ass her, robe everywhere. <laughs> her, her, her sexy uh, acid proof lingerie. The rest I mean, of them are all going to be naked too. with their, all their bits out, and she's still going to be glamorous. So, take that, Jamelia. Yeah, got that. We're going to do fashion from Kelsingra now. Um. Okay, is that it? Anything else? I think we did it. Sixteen. Okay. <laughs> And it all ends rather abruptly. Shut it know. down. Trying to trying to make an innuendo joke didn't work because I'm tired. I think um, we're like halfway through the book, aren't we? Feels it. We are now halfway through the book. We have two episodes left. So wow. uh, if you notice how nine chapters is in. halfway through the book, I do not comprehend. But. So it's this is a twenty chapter book, which means because there's a prologue, we actually have to do six episodes when we do. Not this upcoming one, but the one after that. Great. Six, uh, six chapters, chapters per the episode, yeah. not six episodes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Six yeah. chapters. Yes. And we'll do an right. episode just for one chapter. No. Not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um, okay. Reminder for next reading section. We are reading Dragon Haven chapters 10 through 14. Uh, this has been Bucky Radio. You could email us at buckkeepradio at gmail and let us know if we can read your email in air. I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter and Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. I am Alyssa and I am online at alyssameaner.com. I'm Jenny. You can find me at Faceless Fray on Instagram. I'm Eli and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just I'm changed my voice a little bit. Lady Bird Parker. We're just a bunch of jesters. Yeah, we're just and a couple of fools. And I was so Elena, I, and I'm at Moth Elena. Yeah, we have to sign out for Elena because she had to leave early. Uh, next up is spoiler talk. Uh, I want to talk about that email from Dylan about whites. So if anyone wants to stick around for that, all right, you guys, so, I'm out. Mine. Yeah, I was gonna say Ashley can go, but the rest of you can stay if you feel like sure, talking about this email. section we're going to talk about an email we got that is spoilery uh through the end of all of the books so if that's not your bag get out get out now
some spoilers. So this email was from Dylan. And it says, oh, just finished your coverage of the Tawny Man trilogy. And I have some thoughts, questions about when whites change colors. The fool seems to change colors after affecting change in accordance with their prophecies. But the pale woman says that the fool changes out of failure. This is fundamentally false, right? We know the fool has moved successfully to bring back dragons. And every action in the first three trilogies that's causing a change has been one that has furthered the pro-dragon agenda. Does she, the uh, the pale woman, think whites don't change because Claris is actively working against dragons? Therefore, she would have been raised to think that color changing is fundamentally wrong. I'm still not sure how Prilkop factors into this. If he really did fail at his task, or maybe he failed and what he thought was his task, when in reality his actions actually helped the fool bring back dragons. Uh, so what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I... I think we did talk about this and I think that it is, I mean, it's the changing, changing things in the world and there's a specific path and Pearl Cop did whatever his task was to get to the fool or right, whatever I think, in between. I th right. I think it hinges on the fact that like Pearl Cop really did think that he had failed. Mm -hmm. And so if he had thought he had failed, and yet he was darkening. Wouldn't he think I'm doing something right? I don't know what it is, but I'm doing it right. If that's what he believed. Or did he also think the same as the pale woman? That changing means you're false. Yeah, I think well, that he, he seemed probably, to tell he did, the fool that he, he didn't believe they that were he was succeeding. That's why. He but spent I feel like he also told the, the fool that that's why they were changing and that she was wrong. Yeah, I've always just thought, and maybe that's simplistic of me, but I've always just thought, well, she's the bad guy and she was clearly wrong. <laughs> like everything, <laughs> everything she said was wrong. And, you know, I think Prilkop, personally, I think Prilkop is not like an offshoot of the white, like the fool is or the pale woman. I think he is a white. I think he, he predates Clara's, but then he does go back there. So I guess he would have known what Claris was. It just it made it seem like he was so old that he predated the cataclysm. Well, he there, did. I mean, I guess maybe I'm misremembering, but I thought that there was like kind of a melancholy about him about why he was staying on that island. Was he there, there was. because he, he, had, he had kind of exiled lost... himself there? Did he exile yeah. himself there because he was like he thought he had failed and he was just wanted to see what would happen or did he exile himself there because he didn't want to change anything else and he thought he'd succeeded i think he had exiled himself there because he thought i'm done i can't do anything else or otherwise it will change things so i have to like leave society and so he went so to that implies that, that he thought he did the right thing that he ended right. yeah that whatever he wanted to do was done and then he had the vision um once the fool was on the scene and was and realized something's going to happen. I need to keep an eye out. So, I think there's that, and I think that I think Prokop also remembers Claris as being much different than right. what even the Pale Woman would expect. I think like that's why he counsels them to go back because he thinks they're going to be deferential and helpful. And whereas the not. fool's <laughs> memories are pretty spot on to how they actually are right currently 
it just makes me think that it makes me feel like that also like not in addition to the pale woman whoever the white prophet was before the pale woman probably also didn't change because she felt that that wasn't a necessary thing to happen or maybe she's just lying to herself (laughs) i mean that's entirely possible too yeah because she was pretty delusional But then I don't feel like they, I mean, the Clary's people still feel like the fool was, like, wrong. Sort of. Well, it's not, I don't think that they consider it, I don't, I think for Claris it's not, it's not, like, an ideal future that they're all working towards. They're trying to maintain their grip on power. And they have these, they have this well of prophecy that they're trying to use to, like, predict events and gather wealth and prestige and all that shit and they know that obviously they know that the fool can succeed in bringing back dragons which would interrupt all of their plans so i think that they know that fundamentally there's no right future there's just some that are more advantageous for them as an organization over others they suck yeah they suck (laughs) basically is the answer to that question so yes we do we do think changing means that you are succeeding yes i think that's made pretty clear and it's not just a function of age um okay i don't have anything else that we can kind of table some of the more Alyssa and I can table the other discussions for our next episode. Gotta save it. Yeah. I did I did finish this book accidentally. Oops. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Then I can I can mention that the uh the spicy scenes coming up were actually I actually enjoyed them, which is very rare for me with books. <laughs> oh you're talking are you oh, okay, yeah. Well it, it still had that like hob <laughs> i mean it was like not it was like not too much but like very right. like you know like very intense she cut for away not going fast ver- enough yeah she cut away right. very quickly but it was like still like really intense it's like approaching cringe and then like nope look over here fades black which is perfect that's how it <laughs> yeah. always should be we, we don't need to see the rest of it i liked it i was if i was Hobbes happy to it, finally no, want to see the rest of it <laughs> to finally get, you know, the Hebe and Rapsco at the end. Yeah. I was waiting for it. Well, even without that, it's like, I know that they survived because I read the last trilogy. <laughs> yeah, because you read the last trilogy and you know they're alive. <laughs> so I was like, I'm just waiting. Waiting for Dabin. Waiting for them to show up. But I did stop myself from moving on to the next book, so be proud. Yeah, I don't remember at all what happens, what Rapsquel is involved in in the last trilogy but i do remember that his name was in the last trilogy and that's like the only <laughs> thing I, that goes through my head when the, what i remember from that is just that he did not like them being there and he was really protective over the silver yeah he was like mm. chasing them around <laughs> that's <laughs> trying to that's my them. one like memory of it and kind of finding him annoying but now i feel like i'll be more endeared to him now that i know his origins <laughs> Oops. All right. 
I'm good? Yeah. Good. Talk to you guys later then. Bye. 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 Bye.